You're listening to ZZ Talk, a father-son generational podcast where we talk about entertainment, culture, and a variety of other subjects from the perspectives of both Gen Z and Gen X. I'm Noah. I'm Greg. And this is ZZ Talk. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. So today, as my father would always say, we're doing something a little bit different. And uh, (laughs) this is another iteration of our uh, Halloween series because we are in uh, the latter half of October now, and we are going to go ahead and meditate on our favorite horror movies. So we're going to be doing our top five and our bottom five, also with some honorable mentions. Now, Horror movies can be classified in many ways, and we're not just going to go straight creature feature or supernatural necessarily. It can be something like a break-in thriller, per se, or anything that would cause somebody fear. So um, that's sort of where we're operating right now. And for you legacy horror movie fans, uh, I am disappointed to say that you probably will not be completely pleased with this because I have seen some, and there are a lot that I have not seen. But I would say that most of my favorite horror movies fall within um, the 2000s range. So um, I cannot say the same for my dad. I do not know his list, but we're going to dive right into it. So is there anything you want to say before we get started? So my question is this, are we counting from number five to number one, or are these just random picks in our top five? I say no particular order for myself at the very least. always say no particular order for yourself. Well, you do know, you wanna, do, do you do you want to are you afraid of committing, Noah? Um, you know, in some instances, uh, yes. But in this instance, you know, these are kind of interchangeable because sometimes I really like uh, I look back on some of these movies more fondly than others. And I'm sure that mm-hmm. this list could change at certain points. But uh, for the time being of all the horror movies, I've very much enjoyed these made the top cut. And um, I don't want to say that I particularly love one over the other. I just respect um how much I enjoyed them and sort of their impact on society since they've come out. So that's okay. That's fair. All right. I'm good then. Then I will not do a countdown either. I will just offer my top five observations or observe my top five or favorite five, some variation thereof. Great. So let's start with you since you've been here since the dawn of horror. <laughs> yeah. Which is horrifying in, in and of itself. I am going to offer up a film that we have reviewed. All right. And the what Shining. The Shining. Oh, that's interesting. That made your top so, five. Yeah. Here's the thing about The Shining. I really had no expectations for The Shining. I figured, you know, this is an old film. It's from 1980. Uh, I'm not going, I don't really like Jack Nicholson. Um, I thought I wasn't going to enjoy it. And I found myself driving the mountains of West Virginia this weekend, feeling as though I was driving to the Overlook Hotel. Huh. And so I think for the most part, I, um, that in and of itself, the fact that I'm recalling this film while I'm living my life tells me that this is a memorable film. So for me, The Shining was powerful, um, heavy on music, and we've already discussed how I feel about music, but very memorable, um, uh, sort of a classic that almost or actually did um, live up to its, its, its hype. So. Yeah, I think 1980s is shining. Yeah, I think that's a good choice. It's one of those movies that I like even more, the more time I spend away from it. And I'm very glad we watched it. And I think it's a rare example of both you and I 
seeing a very um, important piece of classic media and actually thinking that it's as good as people say it is. So yeah, agreed. All right. Um, my uh, first on this list is going to be Pet Cemetery, the 2018 version. Um, oh, that was so good. Good choice. You know, there's something about surprisingly this. good. I, I would say so because I had very little expectations. I read the book uh, when I was in middle school and I liked it a lot, but there's something about movies that really are able to put this incredible visual image that makes you really feel something. And this movie is very, very hard to watch at times. It explores a tragedy and um, right from the get-go, it really grabs you. And this movie is about grief and it's brutal in many ways, but it's also very, um, I would say it's a great sort of tale of family and how one person exiting a family can really tear them apart in many ways. And I think it's perfectly creepy. The atmosphere is fantastic. The cast is very good. And I liked the ending a whole lot too. It's one of those bleak endings that's very ambiguous, but kind of keeps you thinking. This one was done really well, and I was surprised it was so good for one of the more recent uh, reinterpretations of Stephen King's films. Well, since we're on the topic of uh, Stephen King's films, I'm going to offer up another one, Misery from 1990. Thank so, God you said that because that was on my list and I have six, so now I only have five. Good. Okay, good. Yeah, Misery is, is you know, I, I have not read a lot of Stephen King. You have read a lot more Stephen King than I have. Oh, yeah. But I have to say that, uh, you know, I think we can all agree that it's hit or miss with, Steve, with adaptations of Stephen King novels. And some of them have been real hits, and there have been more misses than than hits, I would say. But when it comes down to it, Misery is a major hit. Um, first of all, the acting speaks for itself. Kathy Bates is terrifying in this role. But more than that, I just think it, it's a really uh, well-done, well-orchestrated um, depiction of what Stephen King put in writing. Now, again, I can't, you know, there was a lot of controversy over the fact that The Shining took liberties, the film took liberties from the book. I don't know if that's the case with Misery, but in the end, talk about a memorable film. Um, Misery is, is the kind of film that you think about and you almost wince because of how painful some of the scenes are with regard to the way um, James Caan is treated by, by Kathy Bates. So anyway, uh, quotable film and uh, a worthy uh, entry into my uh, favorite five films, horror films. Absolutely. Uh, Misery is excellent. Kathy Bates is uniformly amazing through most of her roles. And I think she really got her sort of um, superstardom or at least starts as a very serious actress uh, with Misery. So I really like this film a lot. And it's just one of those ones that's very unique in the way that yeah. there's the villain as a rabid fan rather than, you know, the jerk of a writer who's the main character. So very interesting. Uh, great. Yeah, I don't want to belabor this, but I'm going to in this case, it was the only, the first film I saw by myself. Mm -hmm. I'm not big into that. But second of all, it's the it's the most interesting combination of horrifying and hilarious all in in one film. If horror movies can balance comedy well, that's a very special thing. It's a very yeah. difficult thing to do to clash those two genres. So good point. All right. Um, my next movie is The Gift, which came out in 2015. Oh, that's and, a good one. Yeah, you've seen The Gift. Um, so this film sort of is a bit of a home invasion thriller, 
but it's kind of takes it a step further. It's not just home invasion. It's sort of invasion of your personal private life, everything, you know, and it leaves a lot of um, very ambiguous questions. You know, was that person there? Did they influence this thing? You know, what is this person's intentions? And it follows uh, a character that bullied another character in their childhood. And he just shows up again. And uh, you think you're not really quite sure what each one's intentions are to each other. And then it just starts escalating and escalating. It's a masterfully paced film. And it's one of those sort of slow burn horrors that never really gets uninteresting at all. Every scene is very intentional. And I remember loving it when I was in the theater. I'd see this movie again in a heartbeat. I highly recommend this film to everyone. It's called The Gift. Good, good recommendation. Okay, my next one is The Others from 2001. So you may recall that this is a film that uh, we actually own on DVD, except I don't have a DVD player anymore, so I can just have to stream it if I want to watch it. But this is with Nicole Kidman, um, and it is a moody film. It is a tense, taut film, and it's a, I'm not going to call it a slow burn, but it is a film that builds to a rather satisfying crescendo. Uh, and I can deal with that when I feel like there's something good coming and I get what I'm hoping for. And what the others delivers is a lot of uh, tone of dread and um, direness, if you will. And it culminates in um, a concluding scene that, as I say, is is quite satisfying. So, you know, some people love Nicole Kidman, some people don't. I think it depends on the on the film or the TV series. She's really good in this, and it was a departure from a lot of what she had done up to that point. So, uh, check out the others from two thousand one. Yeah, she's uh, Nicole Kidman's kind of had a little bit of a resurgence. I feel like in the last three or four years or so, yeah. Um, yeah. she's quite good. I, what I liked about the others is that it was uh, bleak without being too nihilistic, uh, as some horror movies go. Um, it's perfectly appropriate for. Uh, teenagers and up I would say it delivers a heck of a twist ending that I think is one of the all-timers in horror movies yeah. so, um, I think it's a good film not a great film but I certainly think it's a good pick all right yeah. so up next for me is the evil dead 2013 um, and some people might be sharpening their pitchforks or getting ready to throw tomatoes at me for this but I think that Fede Alvarez's uh, evil dead uh, that came after Sam Raimi's versions is far better And I will say this because it made me feel a lot more impacted than the first ones. I remember hearing a lot about the first two Evil Dead films and how universally praised they are. And the first uh, the first two movies are actually kind of copies of each other. I was really surprised just to see how similar they were. And they had comedy and they were very unique, low budget films. So I can definitely say that there's a lot of value that they brought to the table but this movie is just brutal this is just action-packed this is like that this is that gory horror movie that actually really makes you sort of like say wow oh my gosh I can't believe this is happening on screen but while it can oftentimes be a little bit excessive it never feels like it shouldn't be there to an extent it's visceral it's uh, eye-catching And I found it to be a very, very good, dark, and oftentimes, um, oftentimes very good modern take 
on what uh, the Evil Dead franchise had to offer up originally. So this one might be too intense for some. It's definitely one of the more violent films I've seen. But uh, the third act is crazy. It's a very scary movie. And it's definitely one of those films that makes your skin crawl. So the Evil Dead 2013. I have not seen it. My next one is Rosemary's Baby from 1968. I figured that would be on here. Yeah, you know, I got to tell you, this film is, is, is memorable. I haven't seen it in 20 years, but it's the kind of film that, you know, you got to hand it to some of these older films that sort of make an impression uh, all the, that many years later. So Rosemary's Baby does expertly what you and I both like about a film. It uses the horror element sparingly. Mm-hmm. So it's never too much. It's never excessive. Honestly, I'm not even sure you ever see the baby. Maybe you do. Uh, yeah, I think you do a couple times. But you see it sparingly enough that uh, you want to see more of it. But in the end, you're really glad you don't see more of it. So, right. you know, a couple lives in an apartment off Central Park in New York. And, and they have this baby. And obviously, it's possessed uh, by a demon. And, um, you know, you can figure out what happens uh, next. I mean, there are people who come and go in this film and um, until they realize what's going on. So Rosemary's Baby, 1968, uh, kind of a, a horror classic, which I think holds up well. Yeah, I've yet to see it, but I need to. All right. Yeah, you do. So up for me next is Hereditary, 2018. Um, the first time... <laughs> I know you're laughing. I've probably told this story before on the podcast, but I despised this film when I initially saw it. I walked out. I still despise this film. I know you do. Um, I walked out of the theater with my girlfriend and we both looked at each other and we were just like, what the heck did we just watch? So a friend Uh calls me up, um, Griffin, shout out to you for being my movie buddy. Uh, he, He called me up and said, uh, did you just see Hereditary? And I said, yeah, it was terrible, right? And he said, absolutely not. So he debated me for about 45 minutes on the car ride home. Uh, and I was like, you know what? Fine, I'll give it another shot. Maybe I missed something. So I watched it again. And I noticed a lot of details the second time around that I didn't notice the first time. And then I watched it again. And I noticed more details. And I've seen it about five times, which is probably the most I've ever watched one horror movie. There's something to discover each time. And there are very, very small intentional things in this movie beyond the things that grab you, that are right in your face, that really sort of come together to craft this amazing narrative of grief, loss, and eventually, um, I guess you could say, resurrection to an extent. Um, I always love the uh, cult aspect of films. I think that's uh, very interesting. And while this is definitely a jarring film, uh, especially tonally, and oftentimes very hard to watch, I think this movie is exceptional. I understand that it's sort of a love it or hate it type deal, but I'm now in the camp of loving it. This is a great feature, and I really wish I could say the same for uh, Ari Oster, the director's uh, second film, Midsummer. But uh, I, I know how much you did not love that one. Let me just we'll hear say about this about... Okay, let me just say this about Hereditary. Uh, We've talked about the resurgence or the, I don't know, what do we call it? Classy horror, horror that's done well. Mm -hmm. And I will say that Hereditary is done well. And it has Tony Collette in it. So how bad can it really be? Because 
she's the best. If you didn't, all right, if, if there's one thing that you could like about that movie, it is her masterful performance. She, she is amazing in everything that, that she's in. She owned that role. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. All right. What's up next for you? My next one, my last of my five, Jaws. Jaws. I knew you would. I absolutely love this film. Talk about, this is going to sound weird when I say this, utterly original. I remember the day I went to the theater and saw this. I'm still scarred from it. And that makes a great horror film. What's even more powerful for me is this could really happen. And, and that's what is so scary to me about Jaws. Sharks exist. Sharks attack people. Um, beach communities can be terrorized by a, a predator. And Jaws does that. So, yes, it's a classic Steven Spielberg film. It was the first blockbuster. But in the end, it just works on so many levels. So I've never, ever once thought of the ocean, been to the beach, since 1975 and not thought of Jaws. Absolutely. And this is one of my honorable mentions. So I'm just going to go ahead and expand on what you said. But Jaws is a film of many firsts. Uh, It was the world's first blockbuster. It was Steven Spielberg's first feature length film, if I'm not mistaken. And um, it was also the first movie to plant the fear of sharks attacking humans, I feel like in the zeitgeist. Um, Any good horror movie, takes a concept that people know about or could be aware of and makes them fearful of it, makes them really think about it. And I think Jaws has really just perpetuated so many culturally uh, popular things over the years. Uh, Creature features, Shark Week, I mean, just going to the beach and thinking about sharks as a danger. It was one of those films that did an incredible job with its cast, but also knew exactly how to pace itself and showed the sharks sparingly. Um, Fantastic film. One of the all-time greats. Just an amazing movie all around. So I absolutely agree with you. And I love Jaws, but um, I would say in terms of more horror-centric stuff, um, I will keep my top five here because I do like this one movie that came out about uh, four years later, just a little bit better. And that one, my final movie, is Alien. So Alien came out in 1979, I believe. I knew that would be in your top five. That's my one of my honorable mentions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alien is just, and it, it's a it's a masterpiece on all levels. It's Ridley Scott's magnum opus um, by far, in my opinion. And I've enjoyed quite a few of his other films as well. But Alien melded sort of a certain aesthetic together that hadn't been seen before. If Star Wars walked with the um, incredible sci-fi craze, Alien was able to run with that in a more niche horror atmosphere. Uh, It has an amazing protagonist in Ellen Ripley, who is not seen as the protagonist until about 30 or 40 minutes into the film. It balances the crew all together very well. And the body horror mixed in with this and seeing the alien for the first time, those subtle hints that you get all across the film without seeing it throughout the entire movie is just perfect. It's one of those films that I could watch over and over again. And I mean, I would give it an A+. This movie is a 10 to me. And I really think it paved the way for a lot of great horror later on. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. I don't disagree. It's a, it's a phenomenal film. Hands yeah. down, one of the best horror films of all time. 
Yeah, if you haven't seen Alien. Which is why, which is why it's on my honorable mention. Great. List. Cool. Yep. So let's move into our honorable mentions, and you can go first since All right. I'm talking about Jaws. I only have one. One right. other one. And you are going to vehemently disagree with this. All right. But it, it is a function of the time of my life. Sure. Poltergeist. <sighs> yeah. You know, it might have just, it might be my age. I, I watched it, what, 12 years ago? I watched it in yeah. 2007, I remember. And I just don't, I don't think it aged well. No, it doesn't, Noah. You're 100% right. And that's why I think it's important to point out the distinction between The Shining and A Rosemary's Baby and then, um, this because poltergeist really of course they remade it i don't know when but they you should oh, never yeah. remake a film they did, but yeah. and I, I don't even think i saw the remake but it is to me it is still a classic it is um loud and and overdone uh but in the end for me when i was 16 17 years old it, it was sort of one of those films that will be always be a part of my 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 youth if you will so poltergeist is uh you know steven spielberg classic and um uh wrought with uh, really unfortunate circumstances during the filming or after the filming mm-hmm. but uh in the end um just a classic film for me so i understand why you don't like it i remember watching it and thinking mm, this is not what i remember it being so i'm gonna have to take it back to my 16 year old self or my 17 year old self and enjoy it for what it was Hey, fair enough. I mean, uh, I see the poltergeist kind of like I see the exorcist. Um, I understand the importance of the films and absolutely acknowledge that. Um, but I just think that, you know, it's just a product of my age uh, in the movies I was able to experience growing up. I just don't think the effects have aged very well. And, you know, what were once touted as some of the scariest movies of all time are just, you know, pale in comparison to some of the stuff you get today. But um, fun fact about The Exorcist, uh, one of the medical staff in a hospital scene was revealed to be a serial killer later on after the film had finished uh, filming. So pretty crazy stuff. I I did not know that. I will say, though, that I believe that The Exorcist is one of the most overrated films of all time. Yeah, um, agreed. And I think we can move on from there because most people would probably vehemently disagree with us. Right. Right. All right. Um, my honorable mention is Annihilation. So this oh, is, you know, I knew that was going to be on your list. I have yet to see it, but I, you know, I tried. Excellent film. Um, oh, my goodness. So this is one of those rare movies where um, a group of my friends and I walked out of the theater and we all gave it tens. And I have a couple friends in that group that are very, very critical of most films. And um, I was very surprised because the final 20 minutes of this movie really just uh, shot this one into the stratosphere. I think this is one of the great films of the 2010s and the 2000s. And I think it's a very original take on sci-fi while slightly borrowing some elements from perhaps Alien and other science fiction horror past, maybe even Event Horizon. Um, This is a very, very well-made film. It's emotional. It's very creepy in instances, and there's always high stakes, and it explores human nature and what we know about ourselves. So I think it does, it juggles a lot of things very, very well. And um, all I can say is there is a scene, which everybody will know if they watch it or have watched it, that blew me away. And I only wish 
that you could have seen this in the theater, but hopefully you see it one day. Uh, that is Annihilation. It is one of my favorite films of all time, even if I find it to be uh, pseudo horror to an extent. Not Yeah, no, Luke says the same thing, your brother. So um, I got to watch it. So yeah, um, cool. Right. What's up next? Well, the next list should be even more fun. All right, so let me get uh, let me get in my uh, last uh, honorable mention here since you're oh, done, okay. right? And All that right. would be American Psycho, which is a black comedy, uh, perhaps thriller, but I believe in many ways it could be horror because of the horrific way that uh, the main character Patrick Bateman acts. I watched it again recently. Uh, sensational film. Uh, I think a lot of people uh, have really come to appreciate this as a bit of a cult classic in the past uh, twenty years or so. Uh, Christian Bale really uh, owned this role and uh, sort of got his start here into some of the greater films that he's done. But my goodness, uh, this balances comedy, horror, and just pure savagery so well. And I find that this movie is fantastically paced as a very good cast. Uh, Jared Leto and Willem Dafoe are also in this. And um, yeah, what can I say about American Psycho that hasn't been said already? Great film. Okay. All right. Well, let's go through our, our least favorite five, if mm-hmm. you will. Not that they're, you know, our bottom five. How's that? Pretty quickly. I would definitely say these are my least favorite horror films of all, all time. Right. All right. What all do right. You well, I want you, I want you to start because you're going to get a kick out of some of these from me. From me. Uh, well, I believe two, uh, I believe we share two. Uh, well, I'm so sure I'm going to go ahead a... and say one, and then you're going to say the other probably. So the Babadook 2014 hated it is movie. on my list hated this film oh my gosh that kid is so annoying and i know that's not the point of the film but i think it was very very poorly told and this movie was it was it was asked tell the story tell the story real quick of the effort we made to watch this film because we heard it was so scary Okay, so this is one of those films that my dad and I were looking forward to. We had seen advertisements for it. It had been getting universal praise. And so back in the days when you had to get movies on demand for some reason, this was 2014, rather than streaming it on Netflix or another platform, uh, we just couldn't do it for some reason. And we called, what, AT&T or some cable company and were on the phone with them for such a long time. And I think that partially ruined our experience because we were just like, this movie better be really flipping good now. Well, we were so intent on getting it. So we had to work to watch it. So you're exactly right. Then we watch it. It's not scary. It's boring. It's it's totally disappointing. I, the kid in that movie made, Oh my gosh. I know the kid was supposed to be annoying, but my God, I, I, this film, I cannot stand it. Uh, And I've seen it twice. So I can definitively say, I do not like it. All right. All right. Um, up if next. That's your, if that's one of yours, then let me go. And I'm going to say The Witch. That was okay. mine. Yep. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, we are father and son here. So yeah. uh, The Witch is, um, all I can say is that absolutely nothing happens in this film. It is not scary. It is not interesting in the least. It is boring. It is not well done. Um, I've said all I can say about The Witch. Don't watch it. Yeah, The Witch is exceptional to me because it's two things. It's not only uh, one of the worst horror films I've ever seen. It's one of the worst films I've ever seen. Um, I, on Letterboxd, uh, there is an option to give this film half a star. And I wish that I could give it less than that because it, this is a one if there ever was a movie that deserved the score. Despised this film. So yep, boring. I'm with you. People love it. My goodness what in the world all right so uh yeah now that we've gotten our uh, little diatribe about the witch done 
Uh, my next movie is The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original in 1974. Um, I know that uh, Tobe Hooper was, uh, or Toby Hooper, Toby. Uh, yeah, made this to be a uh, very low budget film. And I understand the importance of independent filmmaking and the uh, what it, sort of the influence it had uh, towards other films like that at the time. But this movie is... I did not like this movie at all. It's one of those ones <laughs> where <sighs> I'm trying to keep this PG, man. Uh, <laughs> so there's a lot of screaming in this film and a lot of annoying drawn out sequences of uh, things happening repetitiously. Um, this movie made me feel sick to my stomach, not because of the imagery on display, but simply because it is just mean spirited. And I know it's a horror movie. You're thinking to yourself, no, you've listed, you know, so many horror movies that are technically mean-spirited this one just has a certain evil about it that i can't put my finger on and it's not even like it's an incredibly violent horror film compared to some of the ones that you find today this one is just a bad hillbilly movie that got a lot of buzz and it's not nearly worth the praise that it receives today i think the texas chainsaw massacre is a very bad movie and I remember finishing it and thinking to myself, I will never get those uh, minutes back of my life. So, well, I've never seen it, but um, I want to make it clear that I don't do gruesome. Um, I don't do violence. I prefer thrillers and excitement. Now, I mean, some of the films we've talked about are, are pretty violent, of course, but, you know, I don't I don't seek that out. So, uh, OK, so my next one is going to be The Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> Oh, come on. Yeah, that probably would have been one of my honorable mentions. Love this movie. So The Cabin in the Woods is the craziest film I've ever seen in my entire life. I went with a friend of mine, Chris, uh, different Chris, uh, and um, he had to explain to me that apparently this is sort of an illustration of all the ways you can die. And it is the kind of film that you think you know what's going to happen but you do not know what is going to happen. It is the craziest film I've ever seen. I remember sitting there thinking to myself, what is happening? And why am I here? I and thought it was super cool. Oh my gosh. I, you know, it takes, it was ridiculous. It takes a big twist, but I think that's part of the punch. And, you know, sometimes the punch will be some like people like myself. They're like, Oh wow. That's so cool that it took this twist. And some people like yourself will be, eh, I did not like that. I thought it was a ton of fun. Uh, and uh, my goodness, uh, it definitely um, changed. It, it definitely blew away my expectations. I, I really liked it. Okay. Next up for you. No, you don't. Um, okay. So my next up is It Follows 2015. So um, the concept of this movie, which I can't say on this podcast because that would not be G-rated or clean to an extent, is... Um, well, let me describe it in layman's terms. So there is this creature that relentlessly follows you and will kill you. And it acts like a certain transmittable disease uh, that people can sometimes get from interacting with one another closely. So it's, and essentially in order to escape this creature, you need to pass on whatever it is you have to somebody else but it will go down the line killing the people that you have encountered until it gets back to you 
So the concept itself is pretty interesting. However, this movie was silly. It was ridiculous. It was so dumb. And I just, I remember being in the theater with my friends and um, uh, one of them liked it. Another one did not. And I remember thinking to myself, I have wasted my time here. Um, I was sorely disappointed in this film simply because of how stupid it was. And a lot of people love this film. It's one of those uh, smaller ones that gets a lot of recognition, but I didn't get it. I did not think it was scary. I thought it was uh, very lame, very corny in a lot of instances in a way that didn't serve the film. So that's all I'll say about it. Um, It follows 2015, definitely bottom of my list. Okay. Tell me how you really feel about it. So I have four more that I'm going to race through really quickly and just say them and one quick thing about them. Mm -hmm. Uh, The next is The Silence of the Lambs. Um, And here's the thing about The Silence of the Lambs. I don't like scary films of things that can actually happen or that I'm truly afraid of. And I don't like scenes where people are held captive in basements. I I'm, No, I'm just not into that. You love so, misery, though. Uh, yeah, I kind of do. So it has to be done well. Like Jaws could happen, too, right? But right. Uh, no, not Silence of the Lambs. Okay, next one is a film that you and I reviewed earlier this year. It's The Conjuring 3. I am not a fan of any of the Conjuring movies, but especially number three. We've established that in a separate episode. I was on the bottom um, of your list. Yeah, it, I didn't like it, it at is all. The, no, it was, I, I slept through it. And the, well, actually you almost really did sleep through it. I think I had to wake you up. Uh, the next one is Hereditary, which we've already talked about. I know it's highbrow horror and Tony Collette can do no wrong, but didn't love it. And this is going to be the most unpopular thing I've ever said on this podcast. All right, let's hear it. My least favorite or most disappointing horror film is Jordan Peele's Us. I thought that film was just awful. Interesting. Yeah, um, that would probably make my list as well. Um, Yeah, Us is such a disappointment after Get Out. Um, I guess the twist in the first five minutes, and I just felt like this movie took what he did it it took what he did in the first film but executed it a lot more poorly I felt like it was super abstract in a lot of ways and the voice of one of the antagonists was just dumb the gravelly the gravelly sort of voice I love the aesthetic that this film presents but my god is the ending so stupid and it's very boring it's very boring it's very boring and it's very long and we all know how I feel about long movies yeah, and I know that it's telling a greater tale of, um, you know, social uh, sort of like, you know, social commentary, but I just kind of feel like this film is a bit vapid, and I feel like Get Out made way more of a statement. So I, I remember seeing Us as well and being really, really disappointed. Yeah, so, yeah. So what yeah. you got? All right, my last one is Midsummer 2019. Um <laughs> ironically so Ari Aster directed Hereditary and he also I do want you to know that I started that the other day knowing how how you felt about Midsummer, but I have to get back to it so yeah uh yeah so Ari Aster, Ari Aster uh for a second uh feature-length film uh directed Midsummer, and I saw this in LA and yep. uh, the movie theaters with my friend Brett and I walked out and <laughs> I had a I had a physical like I felt a physical need to fight this film I hated 
this movie. This is that's why I have to see it because I have to see why you have such a visceral reaction to this film. You know, if Hereditary took incredibly uncomfortable things and did it with nuance and style, this film was a victory lap that wanted to outdo its predecessor and be more than it actually turned out to be. Yes, uh, the visuals are well shot, and there are certain aspects about this film that do sort of give a glimmer of something promising, but it is overlong. It is so stupid, and I just... it's grotesque and the weirdness in this film and a certain scene. Yeah, of course it's just like, okay, there's a big crazy climax to a film or there's some crazy thing that happens and it can be provocative, but this had no reason to happen. It was so stupid. It was overtly maniacally just like evil (laughs) in its presentation of this. And I remember like physically being angry watching this movie. (laughs) being i was like how stupid can this be oh my goodness i despised this film i thought it was a very poor uh, effort to be a victory lap uh from a director who established himself well with hereditary um i never want to see this movie again and whenever somebody talks about it i get a i get a knot in my stomach i i really really disliked this film i I actually enjoy hearing you describe how you feel about this film because (laughs) i don't know that i've ever had this kind of reaction to a film i will say that i remember you texting me from los angeles saying you would hate this movie so i have to i'm you tend to know me on my movie preferences so um you're probably right but i may it's also long and we all we've established that i don't like long films i don't like long anything so yeah um so that is my thoughts on midsummer and i believe (laughs) (laughs) um so i believe we have uh wrapped up our list is that correct do you have any we have yes cool so let's move into our check it out section what do you got okay i've got surprisingly or not surprisingly, a TV show, but a TV show that people are watching and talking about. And I'm here to tell you it's Ted Lasso. Nice. So I have been watching Ted Lasso. Uh, Your mom and I are on episode nine of -hmm. season one. There are, I think, 10 episodes. And I have to tell you that Ted Lasso has not grabbed me. I have not loved it. Mm -hmm. But last night we watched two episodes in a row. And it's gotten really good. And so I turned to your mom and I said, I think the catch is that you need to watch multiple episodes in a row. And I think she agreed. And so we have two episodes left of the season and it's really growing on us. So uh, Ted Lasso, is it what everyone is saying? The greatest thing on television? I don't think so, but it's very entertaining. And um, there's some really standout uh, characters in this. So Ted Lasso on uh, Apple TV Plus. Check it out. Yeah, um, I've not seen it for myself, but I think the reason people like it so much is because it seems to be very uh, kind-hearted, seems to be very good-natured in a sea of things that are not so much. Well, it might be kind-hearted, but it is full of profanity, full of profanity. And it's hard for me to reconcile the two, quite honestly. That's probably very old school to say that, but I'm just going to say it. Um, People are imperfect. Um, All right, so... Uh, I have the opposite uh, type of this TV show, but um, this Check It Out is a sort of PSA, 
and it is Yellowstone season four airing <laughs> on Peacock on uh, Sunday, November 7th. I will be the first in the seat to watch it. Uh, no, you will not. Your mother will be. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. But um, I'm so excited for this. If you have not seen Yellowstone uh, seasons one through three, I implore you to watch it. I was hooked immediately and I held out too long on um, giving it a shot. It is so, 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 so good. Yes. And a small postscript, Halloween Kills, the sequel to the uh, 2018 uh, Halloween sort of reboot is on Peacock as well. And that came out on Friday, October. Did you watch it? No, but I'm going to soon. Probably with with, uh, a friend or two. Same, but I have to say I've never seen any of the Halloween films, so it's going to be um, they're good, kind of they're good, anticlimactic. Well, some of them are good, but yeah, yeah, cool. All right, all right. Well, thank you so much for giving us another. This has list. been fun, Noah. Yeah, it definitely has. Um, I mean, what better way to talk about movies than one of our favorite genres? Um, but uh, Halloween is coming around the corner, and we will have another Halloween-centered episode for you next week. But in the meantime, I'm Noah. I'm Greg. And this is ZZ Talk. ZZ Talk. All right. That will not work online, will it?